I'm the comic book just Hunter. Hello there, I'm History of the Flash, but you can call me JD. And welcome to A Hero Story, episode 53, I think? Yes, 53. Yep, 53. For those of you just joining us, A Hero Story is a comic book podcast all about Marvel and DC Comics. You usually start off by going over the news of the week, that's live action news, video game news, comic news, all ranging from Marvel and DC. After that, we go over the comics of the week, where we talk about our favorite comics that happened this week. This week's comics are... Batman number 73, Captain America number 11, Aquaman number 49, and Justice League number 26. And Daredevil number 7. And Daredevil number 7, <laughs> that's right. Uh, I actually haven't gotten into Daredevil yet, and JD hasn't gotten into Aquaman, so there's two comics that only one of us read. I guess. Perfectly balanced, as all things should be. Ooh, good reference. Uh, yeah, besides that, we usually have a character of the week at the end. This week will probably be Thomas Wayne. Also known as Flashpoint Batman, also known as Bruce Wayne's father. So, with that being said, we'll go over the news of the week. Starting off with uh, some Marvel news. Marvel had a countdown this week for Spider-Man, we assumed, because it was just 4, 3, 2, 1, and webbing. A lot of people were thinking it would be Spider-Man 4, maybe a comic 4, maybe something to do with Fantastic 4, because who who starts a countdown at 4? Well, J.J. Abraham does. J.J. <laughs> Abrams, yeah. Um it was also weird because Alex Ross had posted uh, his his art from the beginning of Spider-Man 2, like the credits, and put hashtag Spider-Man 4. So everyone was freaking out, like, oh my god, we're finally going to get Spider-Man 4 in comic form. And then our dreams were destroyed when we saw the 3, and then the 2, and then the 1, and then today's reveal. <laughs> Which is just, you know that movie director? Well, he's making a comic with the sun. Is it canon? We don't know. Uh <laughs> This yeah, a... it, it it is canon, and it is um, it's set up with a villain who I think has been teased in the Nick Spencer run, the Nick uh, the current Amazing Spider-Man run, and I think um, it's going to be set up even more. If I'm not mistaken, it's like Centipede or something like that. I I think it's going to be dealing with the events of One More Day, which is like one of the most controversial Spider-Man storylines ever. Okay, why do you so, think that? Yeah. Why do you think that? Uh, I've, I've seen theories that Centipede is actually going to be Peter and Mary Jane's son. And this is going to be retconning the events of One More Day. I've never read One More Day, but I know it's like absolutely hated by every Spider-Man fan like ever. So <laughs> I didn't, I've never even heard of this. What's it about? Uh, I don't even know, but I just think <laughs> I think. I was trying to like read it because I wanted to know why it was so hated. If I'm not mistaken, it like destroys uh, Peter, Peter and Mary Jane's marriage, and um, it retcons a lot of those ideas. And it, it's just very hated. Like if, if you talk about most hated comic storylines of all time, I'm sure one more day would be up there. No, oh, well, that sucks. <laughs> I'll have to do a little more research on it because I really don't know much about it, but I do know that it's absolutely hated. Okay, well, good to know. I mean, I kind of just got into Spider-Man recently. Like, when we started the podcast, I got into Spider-Man comics big time before I just read big stories here and there, but nothing like that, so... Interesting. Yeah. Well, that's uh, the JJ News. Do you plan on reading this comic? Um, Possibly. I, I don't know. It's four issues, so probably, but... His son will oh. also be involved with writing it as well, who's apparently oh, like a his, huge... Is it his son? I thought it was his brother. No, that's his son. Oh. Who's like apparently a huge comic guy. So I mean I do like JJ Abrams. I like a lot of his work. Um so yeah, I'll probably read it. Yeah, we'll see. I mean I feel like when writers that aren't comic book writers write a comic book, it's usually hit or miss. Like look at Kevin Smith. He does really good or really bad. He has great green arrow and he, he has an awful great. Batman. But he did great in his little story in Action Comics 1000, too. So. Uh, yeah, Attack 1000, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I'll wait till more news is told. I, I'll wait till some previews, and I might pick up the first few issues. But yeah, I believe it's a miniseries, too. So Yeah, it's four issues. Oh, okay. Oh, I'll probably read it then, if it's just four issues. Yeah. Yeah. Next bit of news is Avengers Endgame is coming back to theaters. Once again, starting next week, it'll be back in theaters and with about eight minutes of extra footage that doesn't mean like bone like it, it's an extended edition there's just going to be a deleted scene and a little tribute at the end and a post-credit scene 
Yeah, yeah. Um, this is in translation. It's the past Avatar. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Um, yeah, a lot of people are defending this because Avatar also did a re-release, I guess, and was they in did. theaters for a long time. I don't really care about the release. It's just it's funny to watch the fans, like people who are so mad that it didn't pass Avatar. Like I, I don't understand why it needs to pass Avatar. Like, and, and this is coming from a guy who doesn't like Avatar, but like. Does it really take anything away from Endgame to not be the highest grossing? Like it, I don't know. It's stupid arguments online. I think it'd be worth it. I hope it passes Avatar, but I'm not one of those people that are like, it needs to pass Avatar. Yeah, like it doesn't take anything away from Endgame that it doesn't pass it, and it re-releasing. I mean, it's gonna have one extra scene. Like it's it's obvious what this is for. Yeah, we're close to passing Avatar. Avengers Endgame, I believe, has a Blu-ray release coming up pretty quick here, so they need to hype up the fans again so oh here's like a deleted scene that we're gonna put on the blu-ray thing and uh, a little tribute do you plan on seeing this movie again no i i don't plan on seeing it again in theaters yeah i'm i'm done i saw four times in theaters. you saw it four times i saw it once (laughs) yeah i saw it four times and it was all within the first two weeks i saw four times so yeah i don't know i'm i've kind of had my end game fill for a while i'm i'll come back to it eventually but I don't. I feel the no need to go see it again for one extra scene too. I'll find the scene online somewhere. Yeah, I'll likely just see it online. I'm, I'm all end gamed out. I think it's a great movie. I really enjoy it. I saw it four times, but four times is enough. I'll watch it again in a few months when it's out on video. Yeah, agreed. Next bit of news, keeping with the MCU, is Kevin Feige or Feige, however you pronounce his last name, the owner of the MCU, basically. He wants and has wanted Keanu Reeves to play a superhero in the MCU, but apparently he's wanted it for years and years and years, And but they just can't find a character for Keanu to play. Yet, he still is gunning for Keanu Reeves to join the MCU. So, who would you cast as Keanu Reeves, or who would you make Keanu Reeves play in the MCU? Uh, Moon Knight, but only if he keeps the mask on, because I, sometimes when they cast big actors as superheroes that wear masks, they don't end up wearing the mask all that much, but <clears> Tom Moon Knight suit needs the mask, so... Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. They do that with Spider-Man, they do that with Captain America especially, I find. So, yeah, yeah I understand that. Uh, I would do... I might go an X-Men route. I feel like you could pull off a decent Magneto, maybe. Okay, interesting. Um, I've heard some people talk about Norman Osborn. Oh, oh, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I mean, I don't really even know Keanu Reeves is like deaf. Like, I know him as like kind of a like a moodless. Like when he's acting, at least like from what I've seen, like he's really good at like the whole like no emotions. Like I feel like he would be a good Batman back in the day. But he would be I a good Batman. Know. He he's a great action star. So think of like a character with a lot of action. Though I wouldn't mind him as Professor X as well. Maybe even yeah. Wolverine, but I think I'd rather a smaller Wolverine. But he would do some great fight scenes as Wolverine. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's Keanu Reeves. Hopefully he'll join in Phase 4. If not, Phase 5. If not, Phase 12. Next <laughs> the news, going to DC side. Uh, the Shazam 2 is going to start filming next year. Officially, it is happening. Starting to film next year, David Sandberg, Sandberg I think his name is. Yeah, same director David as, Sandberg. Yeah, same director as the first one is still going to be the director for this one. Same cast, we don't know who the villain is yet, but the end credit scene of Shazam showed Mr. Mind, so it could be that, or it could be uh, Black Adam. Black Adam also starts filming next year, so maybe, oh, whoa, these movies are going to come out around the same time. That's weird. Well, I think they want to film this one, Shazam 2, like, it might not be releasing soon. I think they want to film it soon, though, because you have kids in it, and they're aging, so. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, I guess they want to quickly film that. Yeah. Some kids age fast. Look at Stranger Things, for example. They look yeah. way different than they did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you want, like, you know, uh, Darla to to look younger and Pedro and Eugene and Freddie and all them. Like, you need them to look young. And Mary is supposed to be, like, a 17-year-old and the actress is 23. Like, she's only going to start looking older. Like, yeah, she's more gonna like be an like, adult, so. She's going to be, like, 25 by the time Shazam 2 comes out. So that's a good yeah. point. And I believe that Black Adam as the villain is confirmed. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if Mr. Mind is also in it, but I think Black Adam is, like, the main guy. Mr. Mind can't be a villain by himself. He works best with other characters. He's a two-inch caterpillar. No, he cannot. (laughs) Yeah, so look at the comics right now. Mr. Mind is controlling Dr. Savannah. So maybe Dr. Savannah will return with Mr. Mind in control, though. 
Yeah. Weird comparison, but it's kind of like Scrappy Doo controlling the villain in Scooby Doo One. <laughs> that that is a very odd comparison, but, but it makes I'll sense, think... right? I mean, it makes sense, so it's okay. <laughs> Scrappy Doo, yikes! Next bit of news is we got our first look at Superboy in Titan Season Two. He uh, looks like a guy in a Superman shirt. <laughs> They're going the Young Justice route, like the animated Young Justice route, it seems. So. Blue jeans, black t-shirt, and chiseled face. Yeah, um, the t-shirt, like, even the t-shirt kind of looks low budget. Like, <laughs> it's, like, I think I said in our group chat uh, when the picture of Superboy came out, like, I feel like I could get a better Superman logo t-shirt at Hot Topic. <laughs> like, it looks like a Halloween costume. Kind of, but I mean, it's like, a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, but it looks just so low budget. I don't know. I was I hoping nineties con look over uh two thousands con like t shirt look. Like I like the real suit superboy, like leather jacket and all that. Over I was the hoping for the leather jacket with the shoulder but, spikes. But I but I had a feeling they were gonna do t shirt because it's easy. And yeah. it's easier to do. They just put all that budget on the Robin suit. Which yeah, looks exactly. great. But they put all their budget on the Robin suit. They put all their budget into the eventual Nightwing suit. Yeah. Which might have I still haven't even seen a single episode single episode of Titans. So. Really? It's on Canadian Netflix. What are you waiting for? I've heard nothing but bad things. <laughs> I've heard no, nothing good of the show, so I will watch it. Because they casted Aqualad in it. Oh yeah, Aqualad was casted. Hey, was is that like recent news? or? Uh, I think so. Aqualad was casted in Titan. <laughs> <laughs> um, playing This is the Garth Aqualad, so not uh, Calder or Jackson Hyde, as they say in the comics. So, Calder Run. Or not, Cal- sorry, not Calderon. Uh, Garth will be now in Titans as Aqualad, not Tempest. So we're probably going to get the red suit. Hopefully, that'll be a good suit, not just a T-shirt with the Aquaman logo on it. Yeah, hopefully. Um, the actor, I don't recognize him, but he's blonde, not black hair. So unexpected, but accepted. And yeah, I'm okay with it. I mean, we got more of the original Titans, and here we have. Garth, we have Donna Troy, we have Dick Grayson, and we just need the Wally West and Roy Harper in Little of the Clay. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would be nice if we could get Roy and Wally, but I wonder if because of the CW appearance of both of those characters, if we won't see them on Titans. Uh I mean, are there any characters in Titans that appeared in the CW? Not that I could think of. Batman kind of is mentioned in them, so. But, but I mean, he's not even directly in Titans. Like, I don't even know if they show his face at all. Like, you see a silhouette of him, but I don't remember them actually showing him. Oh, okay. Well, I hope... I know, I know the guy who produces the CW shows, Greg Bertinelli, I think his name is. Uh, he produces Titans, so... They're just like, oh, well, uh, well, so I checked. Wally and Roy are dead in the comics because Heroes in Crisis, so uh, they're dead on the show, too. <laughs> Even though Wally's alive now, but they both died side by side, so. I mean, it would be cool to get Wally and Roy. I think Roy's obviously the easier one to do because no powers, but it would be cool to see two of them, even if it's just like a small one-episode cameo. The be- the best episodes of Titans, like you'll see this when you eventually watch, the best episodes of Titans are when it's focused on the side characters, like the Hawk and Dove episode or the Doom Patrol episode or, um, you know, just, just the episodes that aren't mainly about the Titans team themselves are the best ones, which is weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean... The Don that... Troy episode is pretty good, so... It makes me interested, for sure. Uh... I feel like if they do do Roy, make him more like Roy. I know Arrow Roy, he's awesome, but he's barely in it, and he doesn't... uh, To me, he doesn't act like Roy. He acts a little too happy. (laughs) Yeah, you want more of a, like, a messed up Roy who... I want more of a Roy that gets... Ward is a junkie. I was about to say that. Your Ward's a junkie. I want something like like that. Kind of like a Red Hood in the Outlaws version of Roy, where, like, he's an outlaw. Yeah, he's an outlaw. He knows he's an outlaw. And yeah, he's got like a broken exactly. past and that reflects him today. Yeah, yeah and his, he's friends with Killer Croc. <laughs> it would also be cool if they made him um, a Donna love interest because uh, in the comics they've had kind of like flings that have never been really fully developed. But That was the one thing that I actually liked in Rebirth Titans was Donna, Troy, and Roy Harper's relationship. I thought it worked well and I want that to come back. 
Remember when Wally West made out with Donna Troy right in front of Roy Harper when he brought flowers? Yeah. Ah, terrible yeah, moment. I, I do. <laughs> Thank you, Dan Evnett. Yeah. After Wally talking about Linda for the uh, entire arc, arc before. And then just makes up with Donna. It's like, why? And afterwards, it's like nothing happened. What's good. Roy was just like, hey, Wally, I like Donna. He's like, oh, okay, cool. And then they just kind of ignored that. <laughs> Oh, okay, cool. I'm going to just go slide in on that real quick. See ya. Yep. Let's just ignore that happened. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's the uh, live action news. There's only there's no gaming news this week. There's a little bit of comic news. Just one little thing is Damian Wayne will be coming to the Superman comics. So meeting Jonathan Kent, Super Sons is having a reunion, but John is still 17 years old instead of 10 years old. So... Yeah, well, one, of, one of our uh, friends in our group chat said, like, oh, age up Damien. And I was like, hmm, how would you age up Damien if you wanted to? I mean, I don't think it would work because Tim isn't really that old in Rebirth. So you can't have Damien, like, the same age or older than Tim. But I wonder if they would do something like reverse Lazarus Pit, something that makes Damien older to try to make him even with John. Here's how you age up Damien. You make everyone age up. You age up Tim as well. You age up Jason. You have Damien become 17 and Tim go into his 20s. You do a, you do a one-year later event that catches you up to Doomsday Clock? Yeah, exactly. I do a four years later or something like that. Yeah, a- after um, Infinite Crisis, every DC title did one year later, so it skipped one year in the DC universe. Well, if Doomsday Clock takes place a year from now, maybe when Doomsday Clock finishes, we do two years later. Okay, and that that way you could age up uh, Damien, so he's about even with John. And yeah, okay, I can see that. Tim's older, and the whole Young Justice is older. Okay, because how old do you think Tim is right now? Probably like seventeen. Yeah, he said he was seventeen in tech a few years ago. Okay, he said he said like he's not legal to drink, and Jason said you got one more year, kid. So. Oh, well, in America, the drinking age is 21. Oh, really? In Canada, yeah. it's... <laughs> what? Then in Canada, it's uh, 18. Yeah, no, in America, it's 21. Oh, well, they said a joke like that in Batman and Robin Eternal, New 52. Remember that? Yeah, series? I mean, but but I do agree that I think he would be 17. I think he'd be, like, one year away from being 18. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so make him, like, 19. And yeah. problem solved. Have Dick at the age where he's, like, ready to marry. Yeah, not Rick. Yeah, have Babs get out of her whole uh, millennial Burnside mood. Yeah, please. I feel like Three Jokers is going to do that. Jason Fabok, who's the artist on Three Jokers, has stated that this is really going to mature up not just Barbara Gordon, but even Batman and Jason, who are already pretty mature. But it's like going to be a really dark. Well, it's a Black Label book, so it's going to be a dark story, but it's going to have effect I'm- on the three main characters. I'm so excited for Three Jokers because I really do think this will be the biggest Batman story of like All time. the next decade. <laughs> All time? It honestly could be. Like I, I think I said on the podcast a few weeks ago, this will be the next Killing Joke, like effect-wise, oh, yeah. and I think it will. 100%. Jeff Johns and Jason Fabok, just like how Alan Moore and Brian Boland set the timetable of what would become Batman. Like I don't know. It's, uh, this has a lot of potential. Jeff Johns hasn't talked much about it. But Jason Fabok has talked a lot about it. <laughs> yeah, like and, I think Fabok said going into the story, he didn't really care for Jason at all. But Jeff has written him so brilliantly. Yeah, which makes me excited. Have you? Do you remember any times that Jeff has written Jason? Um, no. I remember one to be Justice League New Fifty Two. There's that one issue where Jason's in the Batcave talking to Alfred, and he mentions that Alfred has. He just tells Alfred that he's sorry. It was during a just after Forever Evil. Jason just says, like, I'm sorry for being, like, such a brat and that I really do respect you, Alfred, and they hug. Uh, uh. That was the only time Jeff Johns has written Jason Todd, to my knowledge. Jeff Johns has never written a Batman story before, too. So this is actually yeah, Jeff Yeah, Jones. Jeff's really only uh, is Batman Earth 1, I think, which isn't really, you know, main universe, obviously. Yeah, and Batman Earth 1's awesome. He understands Bruce Wayne. He understands Jim Gordon. He understands the Batman characters. Yeah. And now he's finally right in... It's not like he's being put on a Batman book. He is writing one 
huge Batman story, not worrying about what's happening in the Superman comics right now or anything like that. This is just one big story, and it takes place after Doomsday Clock, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm really excited for Batman Three Jokers. I mean, Barbara is obviously not like I love Barbara pre Fifty Two. Oracle is one of my favorite characters, and just to oh, see really? what they've done with her to, between the new Fifty Two and Rebirth, uh, with the whole Burnside stuff, like they really made her like a millennial stereotype, which is awful. So I yeah, really like to see like Barbara return on, to excellence. She's taking selfies on buildings and stuff like that. So yeah, like they just made her such a stereotype millennial, and I just want her to get back to being the great character that. I fell in love with like that. I really, you know, loved. So yeah, like even she, even her suit nowadays is very simple and kind of homemade type. But her suit yeah. Joker's is very tactical. It looks like it was yeah. actually made as a bat suit. Yeah, one hundred percent. So I'm I'm excited. I think this story could really be the next big Batman story, and yeah, it could be like a top ten Batman story. Oh, it's gonna be top five. I feel like. <laughs> Maybe my expectations are too high, but when people think best Batman story ever, they think Killing Joke, they think Hush, they think Long Halloween, they, a lot of people think Court of Owls too, but I feel like this is going to kind of be the king of all those. I, I hope, I really hope it is. Yeah. Well, that was off topic, but I like talking about the Jokers. Yeah, it, no, it is nice, and I'm so excited, and it's taking forever, but you know what, it's worth it, because Jason Fabok art is such a treat, and to make sure that it doesn't get delayed, I'd rather that, so... Mm-hmm. Me too. Uh, that's a bit for the news of the week. Anything you want to add? No, let's um, let's just jump straight to the comics. So yeah, not um, all comics this week. We want to start with Batman. We're kind of on a Batman. Talk yeah, right that's now. Fi- that's fine. But uh, what is your pick of the week and what is your cover of the week? My pick of the week will. Oh, you go first. Hold on, <laughs> I haven't thought about this. <laughs> Okay, uh, my pick of the week is Daredevil number seven. I know, shocker, I love this Daredevil run. And uh, my cover of the week, there were a lot of great covers this week. Um, I'm really torn right now because I really like all the covers that I got. But I'm going to go with uh, Justice League number 26 cover, which is Legion of Doom standing over Starman, uh, who looks like he's in pain. And it's Francis Minopel, which is always awesome. Yeah, you did Flash in 52. Yeah, but I also love the Captain America cover, which is Alex Ross, of course, which is nice. I love the Daredevil cover, and I love the Batman cover. So a lot of great covers this week. What is the Daredevil cover? Uh, it's Wilson Fisk looking one way, and uh, Matt Murdock like almost like in between him with half Daredevil face, half Matt Murdock. It's really okay. cool looking. I'll send you a picture of it later. It's cool. Okay. My pick of the week is... Uh, I don't know what my pick of the week is. It might be Justice League. <laughs> it might even be batman i thought batman was good this week yeah tom king batman i thought it was good but my cover of the week is 100 aquaman 49 it's a it, beautiful cover it is amazing it shows mura in a wedding dress like holding on to aquaman who is just in a suit but he's a skeleton and it just looks deep <laughs> And yeah, yeah, I don't really yeah, when, know. When I, when I saw that cover in the shop, I was like so tempted to pick it up, but obviously I haven't been reading Kelly Sue's Aquaman, so I would have been lost. But you would have been really lost. But you should get on it. Issue fifties in a month. Get on after that. Yeah, I'm I'm heavily considering jumping on. I mean, I got a million titles, but I'm considering jumping on because I've really heard nothing but great things about Kelly Sue's Aquaman, which is surprising in a way because I feel like a lot of people were doubting uh, her ability to get on Aquaman. I, I guess a lot of people didn't like her Marvel work, but. She's been proving herself. And it's kind of like, I guess, how a lot of people were doubting Bendis and he has been proving himself on Superman. Mm-hmm. I guess a writer's past work doesn't reflect what they could be. Well, I think people so were just nervous about that. People were nervous about Bendis because John was nowhere to be seen at the start. People yeah, I mean, he was going to wreck on John. I mean, I think the thing with a lot of these writers that we don't understand is each character is different. So while maybe they didn't work on a certain character, they really understand another character and they could really do great work on that. Yeah, so. like, yeah, Bendis, people thought he were getting rid of John and the it, books he did before that was Civil War Two, which is not good. <laughs> so people are like, oh, God, he wrote a bad series and now he's coming on to Superman. And the same yeah. with uh, Kelly Sue Aquaman. She, uh, she wrote Captain Marvel before. And a lot of people didn't like her Captain Marvel run, and then she came in Aquaman. The first thing that we find out is it's an amnesia story. And yeah. we're just getting into the Dick Grayson amnesia story, which is still going on, by the way. And, which is uh, astonishing. And people, no one's liking the Dick Grayson one. And then she comes on this Aquaman run. She does actually a really good amnesia story. The difference is Dick Grayson wants to be 
want, doesn't want his memories back, and it sucks. We want to read Nightwing. We don't want to read some guy in a bar. Well, Kelly Sue's Aquaman, the entire time Aquaman has no memories, he's hunting for his memories back. So that's what makes yeah. it bad, better. But yeah, anyways, uh, we start with Batman, I guess. Yeah, Batman number seventy three. So, um, a lot of people were talking. Like, I don't. My comic shop doesn't open till three o'clock p.m. Uh, back home, so uh, I have to wait. So I get to see everyone's reaction for all the issues of the week. And I heard a lot of people saying that, that they liked this Batman issue. And even uh, Hunter was talking about how he liked the issue. So I was like, okay, Hunter and I t- uh, typically have similar tastes. Maybe I'll like this issue. Oh, he did. Um, I, I didn't hate it. I didn't care for it that much, though. I don't know. It's kind of just a, uh, eh. Um, okay. So Thomas Wayne is singing a song throughout like almost the entire issue. Um, <laughs> he's bringing Bruce through the desert on the back of a horse, and, and he's uh, in uh, his Flashpoint suit, but also yeah. a mix of like Flashpoint Batman and Nightmare Batman. Yeah, Batman v Superman. Yeah, it looks awesome. Yeah, and also the art is amazing. Uh, I think it's uh, Janine. Uh, he's done a lot of work for Tom King's Batman. Yeah, but- Mikel Janine. Yeah, the, this this work is just amazing. I mean, he tells an entire his entire own story just through the art. So uh, this it, is probably cool one of them. his best work. Yeah, it's cool to see them going through the desert. Uh, some looters come to uh, to them in the desert. The two Batman and uh, Thomas Wayne fights him off, and like he's again singing the whole time. And it, it's it's interesting, but I don't know. I kind of felt like the song was a little pointless in a way. Although maybe I just didn't understand it. But yeah, me too. Basically, the the plot of this issue is Bruce Wayne is unconscious. He is tied up on a horse, and Thomas Wayne is in this Batman slash BVS suit, just riding through the desert while dragging a coffin on the ground. Now we don't know who's yeah. in the coffin at the start, but we find out later on. But yeah, every it, night at, at the beginning of reading the issue, did you have any theories of who it was? I thought it was going to be Alfred in the uh, in the casket. I thought. Who did I think? I was thinking that it would be like a twist that no one was going to be in it and he was going to bury Bruce and put Bruce in it. Okay. <laughs> but Alfred, man, that would make me stressed out reading this comic. <laughs> yeah, I, I, th- I was really thinking it was Alfred because, you know, he uh, had gotten taken down in one of the previous issues by uh, Thomas Wayne. So I was like, oh, crap, don't let Alfred be in there. But Thomas uh, Wayne is awesome in this issue, though. Yeah, uh, so Bruce wakes up and he's like, Bane! And uh, Bruce and Bruce and Thomas talk it out and Bruce actually goes to hit Thomas and Thomas hits him back and uh, kind of like snaps him into it and he's like, listen, it's over. You were defeated, you're broken, your body and your soul. And that's what, that's what, it's behind you. It's in Gotham, but your father has you now. And uh, now he is riding the horse because he's still kind of weak from the Anastasia. Uh, so Thomas walks along the horse and he and Bruce rides the horse and uh, the conversation they have is really interesting and um, Bruce starts to like figure out where they are in the desert and what's going on little by little and he even call, uh, Thomas even calls him the world's greatest detective so uh, really cool um, <laughs> Bruce asks him is it a dream and uh, Thomas replies yes son but not yours I feel like that goes a lot deeper than like was meant for like this is Thomas Wayne's son, uh, dream to finally be with his son, spend time with his son. So, uh, I, 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 that's at least what I interpreted how they were going for this line. Yeah, I guess so. That makes sense. So, yeah. So I, I thought that's pretty cool. It, it, it is nice to see them interact, and um, yeah, they they stop by and they eat dinner, and um, it's just again nice conversation. And back on the horse, um, Thomas like tells the resemblance him that resemblance between the two as well. Yeah, yeah. We see uh, Thomas take off his mask, and it's like Bruce with white hair. (laughs) Yeah, Um, Bruce eventually gets his mask, and uh, Thomas tells him that they're gonna go as a family. And uh, when he, like, when we get that explained, it turns out that uh, in the coffin is Martha Wayne, and they're bringing her to Raja Ghoul's, I guess Lazarus Pit to resurrect her. Yep, Martha Wayne's coming back. Yeah, uh, what do you think of that reveal? I have a question. Is this Flashpoint Martha Wayne, or is well, that, this? Regular... I don't know. If you, I don't know if you read in the group chat before, but I asked that earlier. Oh, I might have not seen that. What did people think? Uh, everyone in the group chat seemed to think that it was our Martha, not Flashpoint Martha. Because Flashpoint Martha has technically never died, Joker. right? Yeah. So that would make sense, I guess. Yeah, I was just like, oh, okay. Um, I think it's kind of weird that they're resurrecting Martha. 
And I, if Batman could have used Lazarus Pit over you know the last forty years of his life, why didn't he resurrect um, his parents? Like, why couldn't he have done this? I don't think he wants this. Okay. I don't think Bruce wants this. Like, they died. They're done. Bruce has always been against the Lazarus Pit, like uh-huh. always. You know. Okay. Look who's I used have a- it. <laughs> Rachel Gould's used it, and uh, Jason, Jason's, I guess, is a good thing, but who, there's another villain that used it. I can't remember. I have a theory here. Yeah, go for it. 74, Martha's alive. She's well. Issue Thomas 74? is alive. He's well. Yeah, in issue okay. 74. That's the next issue. His parents are alive and well. Everything's good. 75, the big reveal that, that King needed Warner Brother permission for. Bane kills both Thomas and Martha, and he has to relive the, the death of his parents. Boom. Hmm, I could see that. I could actually see that. Yeah, but I feel it'll like... be it'll be the lowest of his low because Tom, uh, Tom King's been saying how it's, this is going to be Batman's lowest point. Seeing his parents die again. He's a little boy in the alley again. Huh. Interesting. I can see that happening. I feel like I expected something else, but like something bigger. But that is a big thing. Yeah, I don't know why he would need Warner Brothers permission for that. I feel like that's yeah. kind of standard, but still, I, I think that's where they're going with this, that they're going to revive Martha, and the lowest point is is his original lowest point, seeing his parents die again. This time as a grown man. This that's time helpless <laughs> by Bane. That's Just up. a theory. Okay. But, yeah. I like that theory. My theory yeah. is... Yeah, I like that theory. Yeah. I'll just say my theory is that's not going to happen, even though I think that it is a good theory. Yeah, I mean, originally I was on the whole Alfred's going to die, but now I feel nah. like it's not being set up enough. But, you know, this is two issues before. This is what's being set up. So I think that's got to be what 75 is going to be about. Okay, random theory. I'm just going to say a theory because I don't have a theory. Uh, Batman goes to Arkham Asylum and, like, locked up in there. Okay. Or Bruce Wayne's identity is revealed to everyone. Both could happen. I mean, like it's got to be something big because obviously, you know, the Warner Brothers permission. So, yeah, for sure. Well, we yeah. got four weeks here. Yeah, it's 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 going quick. So hopefully, seventy five lives up to the hype because King has been saying wait for seventy five for like the last twenty issues. So mm-hmm. hopefully, it's worth it. Uh, what do you rate the issue? Um, I rate the issue. Honestly, I like this issue a lot. I give it like eight point five. Okay, um, I'm closer to like 6.5, maybe 7. Um, the art is amazing. Uh, I like some of the dialogue and I like some of the moments, but I think the song was kind of stupid. But I'd like to be, I'd like to know if it's something deeper. So if there's some kind of deeper meaning behind it, I'd like to understand what it is. But I didn't get anything from it the first time around. It seems like Thomas Wayne Batman is a little bit better than Bruce Wayne. Batman. Yeah. He's more experienced, I guess, but. Yeah. It's really cool. Like some of the dialogue, how he, he's very calm in situations, how he's singing and even Rachel Gould sends those ninjas to them and they kind of like appear in the morning and Thomas Wayne just wakes up, looks at them and goes, morning. And then just starts fighting. Yeah. I think stuff like that is really cool. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, do you want to go over uh, Justice League next? Sure. Uh, do you, Would you mind recapping it? Yeah. So um, Justice League, what happened last is the world was revealed by Lex Luthor telling the whole world that the world's going to end soon. Uh, we need to live life as if it's our last. Um, and you live like Larry. That's a reference to SpongeBob. <laughs> uh, they got to kind of be villains in a way. It's kind of weird wording, but it made sense how Lex Luthor's like, you got to be a villain by fighting for whatever you want because the world's going to end here and if we all do whatever it takes we could save this world so and then he kind of blew himself up and blew up Lex Corp and disappeared there's been rumors around the world that a hooded man is coming to people at night and explaining to them what they need to do to save themselves and they need to do these terrible things but it's just this man in a hooded cloak who's very very persuasive he's doing very good talk he's giving very good talk to these people to convince them to do these things and martian manhunter is the issue starts off with martian manhunter in space looking at the world reading the world's minds trying to figure out where this cloaked man is now this cloaked man is obviously lex luther but we don't know where he is 
So that's what mm. Martian Manhunter is looking for. And he's finding there's a lot of this issue is awesome because there's a lot of superhero cameos in this. It's not just the Justice League. So we start off, he's kind of telling Vixen to go check out this place, see if uh, you've seen anyone. Tells Batwoman, check out this area. Green Arrow, you go here. So Martian Manhunter is kind of working together with a few superheroes to find this hooded man. Meanwhile, Hawkgirl really wants uh, Martian Manhunter to come back to the Justice League HQ and kind of work together to find this man. But he kind of, Martian Manhunter prefers working in peace, alone, just using his mind, it seems. Mm-hmm. There's also a cool uh, panel of, you see the destroyed LexCorp building, and you see uh, the sign that says LexCorp, but graffitied over the word corp says lives, so it says Lex lives. So people are really liking Lex Luthor here. The world is enjoying him. Meanwhile, uh, you want to recap the Hall of Heroes? Yeah, um, so uh, the House of Heroes? Yeah. Uh, so this is kind of like an idea from uh, Multiversity by Grant Morrison of like all the different like there's a central hub for all the different uh, like multi uh, other worlds in DC, which is really cool to me. And uh, yeah, seeing it in this like double page is really cool. Um, we see some people that uh, were in that Superman Rebirth arc. Do you remember that one? Where, yeah, the um, Russian Superman one. Yeah, yeah. Like all the different Supermen, uh, you see some of them in the back, so that's really cool. And you even see um, what looks to be Earth 2 from the New 52, um, at least the Alan Scott of there and Val Zod. Yep, and, you do. and the Hawkgirl of it. So You see Vampire Batman, you see Captain Carrot, who's the Superman bunny. You see... You see uh, do you see the Spider-Man looking guy? <laughs> yeah, there's a guy that looks just like Spider-Man. <laughs> Somehow, you see Earth 1 Wonder Woman... You see uh, Kingdom Come Flash and Kingdom Come Superman. Yeah, that, w- that was the big shock to me that uh, Kingdom Come Flash was there and Kingdom Come Superman were there. But Kingdom Come Flash, like him and Barry, you know, good to see you. Oh, you too. Because um, in Flash, I think number 52, they interact a little bit. So yeah, it would make sense that Barry recognized them. He's got like the the um, like table of flashes, I guess. The mm-hmm. And Kingdom so. Come Flash looks cool. He looks like a glowing red Jay Garrick, but it's Wally West, I think. Yeah, it's Wally West, but he's like an amalgamation. Is that the word? Amalgamation? Yeah. Amalgamation uh, of like Max Mercury, Jay Garrick, Barry Allen, and Wally West. Like, So mm-hmm. it's really cool. You see Etrigan the Demon Superman. You see Green Lantern Batman. Uh, there's classic Wonder Woman in one point. There's even Lois Lane Supergirl. Or uh, Superwoman, yeah, who is dead in our continuity, but I guess she's alive on another Earth, so that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, have you ever read Kingdom Come? Just general question here. Yes, but it was years ago. Yeah, it's it's also been years since I read it, but it's something I've been planning to reread. I'll probably reread it before the Young Justice arc with them. Yeah, but, I've, been, uh, I've been planning on doing that too. But yeah, anyway, anyway, in this um. In this hall of the multiverses, uh, Superman gives like a good pep talk, and he talks about how Perpetua uh, needs to be taken down, and that um, that people need to believe that justice is worth fighting for and worth believing in, because a lot of people are believing in what Lex is feeding them, and um, we need you guys to help help us turn the tide. And actually, uh, the World Forger goes and speaks before everyone, and he says that. Uh, Superman is great for hope, but it might not be enough, and that what they really need to do is get his the help of his brothers, the monitors, the anti-monitor and the monitor. So, mm-hmm. yeah, cool stuff. And right away you see Kingdom Come Superman like, how can we help you? And yeah. Batman Beyond is behind him, which is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. Meanwhile, um, at the Legion of Dome headquarters. Well, actually, this is the Hall of Justice. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the Justice League headquarters, Mera uh, <laughs> um, and Hawkgirl and Mera have like a pretty huge scene together. Uh, Hawkgirl is pissed at Martian Manhunter and kind of taking it out on Mera. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mera's kind of keeping her cool. Uh, there's a lot of different Justice Leaguers there, such as the Question, who of course has questions. Uh, Plastic Man, well, this Green is like Arrow. The, the teams that have been assigned to do things. Yeah. So yeah, they're detect- trying to find there. they're trying to find where Lex Luthor is. So there's like the smart team, which is like using science to find them. And that is Ryan Coy, I think his last name is. 
who yeah, is the, the like, Atom's Adam. sidekick. Like, the Atom's legacy, I mean. So he's, like, the yeah. younger Adam. Uh, Ted Core, Blue Beetle, and three of the Metal Men. Metal Men have been around since New 52, I think, but they're basically metal men that are smart. <laughs> they're cyborgs' yeah. friends. Um, there's the detective team trying to find out who is Constantine, Detective Chimp, the question, like you said, and for some reason, Plastic Man and Green Arrow. Why is Green Arrow there? I mean, Plastic Man, I'm pretty sure, was a private investigator, but why is Green Arrow there? Green Arrow doesn't have detective skills. Because <laughs> DC thinks he's a detective now. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's, it's strange. Then there's a training area, which is like meant for uh, training people to fight when they're not looking for people. It, it kind of reminds me of Young Justice, the animated series, in a way. Totally does, yeah. But the team is so cool. It's like this team of three really good fighters that you never expect to work together. It's Hawkman, Black Canary, and the Orphan, Sandra Kane. Yeah. It's such a cool team, and they're fighting the Teen Titans. We'll train them, and Blue Beetle as well, who's there for some reason. Yeah, but yeah, that's the perfect team to be training people, and uh, yeah, that was awesome. And then um, the Orphan train the Teen Titans is so cool yeah. to me. Uh, and then Hawkgirl and Mera um, go to the Starman's room, and Starman and Jaro are in there. And um, Hawk, like Starman's on the ground, like holding his chest, and Hawkgirl talks about how uh, his since his power it was tied to the totality and it's incomplete, he's having trouble. And J- Jaro's like, "Hey, we're trying in here." <laughs> Jaro always has to have one iconic line per issue. Um, He's great. <laughs> and uh, Mara talks about how when they're expanding the league, um, like it'll be enough. And Hawkgirl just doesn't believe that it's going to be enough. And she's really fought in every war in human history because of all the lives that she's lived. And she just d- doesn't think that you know luck is on their side this time and her life is kind of just messed up because of her all of a sudden bind to martian manhunter and their kid who stayed with them uh shane so yeah. it's like a lot for her to take in and yeah i mean her and mara have like a good conversation here because she talks about how uh mara talks about how she you know i'm the queen of atlantis she's led an army or two and um you know she she knows when people are ready to fight and people are ready to win so it's like a reassuring pep talk, and Hawk Girl's like, yeah, yeah, all right, you're right. So it's nice to see her back on track. Yeah. Mara just uh, had to slap some sense into her. Yeah. Um, Martian Manhunter uh, comes up on a house that uh, throughout his detecting, trying to find Luther. Um, this is what he comes up with, and when he gets in there, uh, somebody comes rushing at him, and he thinks it's Luther, and he goes, show yourself. And it is a Luther, but it's not the Luther we thought. It's Lionel Luther, Lex Luther's father. And Lionel Luther says, this is where your story began, and this is where it ends. Bum, bum, so, bum. They have a history. So, uh, what what do you think of this issue? What do you think of the expanding League of the Multiverse? I like it. I didn't think they could do it that soon, because literally last issue was the part where they thought that they should ask the Multiverse for help, but they're already doing it. Uh, yeah, I like this issue a lot. I give it probably 8.5 again. The Lionel Luther thing, I don't know how I feel about... Martian Manhunter does have history with Lionel. Lionel kind of experimented on him when Martian Manhunter was a child. So... Yeah. They're... They have history. Um, what do you think? Um, I'm probably around an 8 out of 10. Uh, but I still enjoyed it a lot. And I do like the whole multiverse thing. And even the nods, you know, Kingdom Come and all those other... Um, Elseworlds that you'd think are forgotten, like Earth 2 society from uh, New 52 and, you know, the zombie verse and all that. I, I just think it's cool stuff, so. It is, yeah. Just seeing all those characters, and there's even references, like Flash telling Jon Stewart to stay away from that Earth because they're vampires, and they really yeah. are vampires, so. Yeah, and I can imagine Scott Snyder and James Tinion, like, having a good time writing this, just because, like, it's, it, it just seems like it would be fun to write all those multiversal characters. There's a lot of freedom that you can do. So I like yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I love the fighting team so much. I, it's not going to happen, but I love to get just a scene of Hawkman, Black Canary, and Orphan just working together in an actual fight. Yeah. I think that's the coolest team DC's thought of in a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's actually really interesting. And I like that they're acknowledging Orphan's fighting skills. So yeah, finally. Even Hawkman, who we haven't seen in, since Metal. I guess he has his own series, but... I I've heard his series is great. Me too. I've heard nothing but good things. 
It's written by Robert Venditti, writer of Hal and Pal, so I'm not surprised that's great. But yeah, I've heard it's great. If I pick it up, pick it up and trade. Yeah. But yeah, this is a great issue. What did you rate it? Did you say? Um, like eight out of ten. Yeah, it was good. It's enjoyable. I'm curious to see where it goes. I feel like the cover is very misleading, but. Oh yeah, it is. Uh, anyway, um, for our last DC title, we'll go to, of course, just Hunter for Aquaman. So, Hunter, walk us through Aquaman. Okay, I'll try to do it fairly quickly. But, basically, Aquaman, he's getting his memories back, blah, 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 and he finds, um, what I believe is his last memory before he disappeared into the portal. Mm -hmm. Like, and disappeared. Um, so this memory happened just before Drew drowned earth i think mm -hmm. and so we don't know what happened here this happened off panel but we're finding out and he basically he finds out who Mura is he learns who Mura is he's like oh yeah now i remember queen of Atlantis." and they have uh, Mura come out in a dress and having the crown on for the first time and she's just alone in a room with arthur there it's just them two together and arthur's very very supportive of her he's clapping his hands as she walks out and he's saying that she looks amazing and they start to kiss, and he's feeling all happy and being like, I just love this moment of us together. Then Marissa says, Arthur, we need to talk. Bum, bum, bum. It's not good when a woman says she wants to talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, Arthur kind of is a little Jason Momoa he here. He starts doing quips. He's like, we are talking. And Marissa's like, I'm serious. He's like, okay, okay, I'm being serious too. We'll be serious together. What are we being serious about? And it's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, okay, we'll start talking. Talk, 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 talk. And it's like, okay, Arthur, calm down. And then uh, she starts talking about how um, they need to get married soon. Which, come on, DC. They, <laughs> they've been engaged for years. But And Arthur's just like, yeah, I agree. We should get married soon. Is that it? Should we start talking now? Well, let's get back to kissing. And it just kind of... He keeps doing these quips. But then Mara starts talking about how like she's the queen of Atlantis. And... Uh, we need to like work together. We you need to be together, but you keep leaving to go save the world. And and Arthur's just like, well, yeah. I mean, occasionally I have to do that. Mara's like, I understand. You're on the Justice League. That's what you do. And then Arthur keeps making jokes here and there. And even uh -huh. she says like, uh, you just said you almost die saving the world twice a week. And Arthur's just like, well, I almost die like a month tops. And then Mara yells at him. Is like, why can't you take this seriously? And. Mm -hmm. Aquaman is just like, I'm sorry, look, this isn't news. Like, none of this is new to me. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, you're being very serious. You're, are you saying you want me to, like, hang up the suit? Like, what's going on here? And then Mur hesitates. She stops. She looks at him. And she says, Arthur, I'm pregnant. Bum, bum, bum. And then that's where the memory kind of ends. And, uh, well, Arthur starts to, like, it goes back to Arthur seeing this last memory as he is now, then it goes back to the memory, and Arthur starts to get a little scared. He doesn't say anything for a while, and then he says he needs to go, and Mara's saying, no, you're not leaving after I tell you that, and he's just like, I need to clear my head, I just, I need to just swim for a bit, and she's like, no, I, I'm your queen, I command you to stay, and he says it doesn't work like that, and he kind of swims off, and then Mara just screams no, and like, sucks the water out of where he is, and rips his suit a bit, and then the memory ends, and Aquaman comes back to his senses and uh, he says, my name is Arthur Curry. I am Aquaman. And then it shows where Murr is now and Murr is passed out on the ground. So, and it says next Black Manta returns. So, stuff went down in this issue and Murr is pregnant. Well, that's quite the Aquaman twist and uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I might have to jump on this Kelly Sue Aquaman. I'm 50, I'll definitely have to reevaluate like, is it time to jump on? Because it sounds like it is. Yeah, definitely. I mean, next issue is a uh, double size issue, and Calder is coming back as Aqualad, and Black Mantis coming back. Yeah, it might, it might be time to jump on. All right, cool. Um, so that's the DC Comics of the week, but that is not where we end because uh, we have Marvel Comics. Uh, the first being Captain America, number 11. Uh, Captain America is in jail. Um, he was <laughs> Let me put just in say, jail for, I believe. Let me just say this cover is beautiful. Like Alex Ross oh, just did this team and he did the way he draws in the invisible woman invisible is so good. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I, we already knew Alex Ross was like a god of art, but goddamn, like his Invisible Woman is perfect. Yeah. Anyways, like continue. if <laughs> if um like I know um Invisible Woman has a mini by Mark Wade. I really hope Alex Ross can do the covers like that because Jesus, it's so beautiful. Yeah, it is. Anyways. <laughs> Uh, Captain America's in jail. What is he in jail for? The murder of uh, Thunderbolt Ross, uh, Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross. And he didn't do it, but he went to jail because he's going to wait to prove his innocence. He doesn't want to break out of jail and he doesn't want to be on the run. He's willing to do his time, but he wants um, you know, Sharon to help prove his innocence. But Sharon has different ideas. She's trying to break him out, so she has the all-girl squad, which includes... Includes um, Spider-Woman and the Invisible Woman and a few other female heroes that I'm not so familiar with uh, in Marvel. And uh, before she could even break him out, there's a prison riot going on. And that's kind of like what coincides with her plan. So uh, there's a big prison riot, riot going on and the meta for the meta human shields go down. So now every meta could start using their powers, which makes for some really interesting moments. Um, Captain America's like kind of leading a squadron of guys around the prison, and he's like, I, he doesn't feel right working with bad guys, but he's had to do it before. He references that he had to work with the Soviets because it's against the greater good, which was against the Nazis. So now um, he has to work with these prisoners, but it's against the greater good of the corrupt prison guards here. So, cool kind of works. Yeah. Uh, Cap is leading the squadron and he even takes like a little, uh, almost like a manhole cover thing and he uses it as a shield because, well, he's Captain America, of course. Mm-hmm. They um, recreate an Avengers scene in this too. Did you notice of, that? Of bouncing off the uh, shield? Well, he starts being like, Wrecker, Thunderball, take the point, I'll bring up the rear. Jack-o'-lantern, strap up on a jetpack, give us some cover. And some guy's like, hey, since when do we start taking orders from you? And then he gets shot and Captain oh, America. Yeah, this- yeah, yeah. Yeah, Captain America throws a shield, hits a bunch of guys, does like a flip it in it, and catches the field. And the guy's like, uh, listen up, let's get to the sub bay. Yeah. <laughs> giving the orders that Captain America did. So it's just yeah. like the cop in the first Avengers movie. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, while this is happening, uh, this one was a little confused on, but maybe it could be cleared up here. Uh, Sharon is on is watching the Kingpin? Yep. Okay. And... Um, she wants him taken alive and whole. And um, I'm not sure who's going after him, but uh, she has like a bow and arrow with like a scope on it. Mm. And she seems pretty resourceful. So interesting stuff. And um, she shoots like a gas bomb to take out uh, Kingpin's guards. But one of her, one of the guards is like pretty much ready for this moment. Um, meanwhile, Sharon's also leading the prison break to get uh, Steve out. And that includes taking down uh, the control panel. And the guy at the control panel is like a metahuman, and he gets taken down by the invisible woman in a really cool way. So the invisible woman puts a, an invisible force field around him to restrict his oxygen just enough so he passes out. So I, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the Americops are coming out. These are like. Um, Robocops. Ro- yeah, Robocops. And they're a little too crazy <laughs> they cool. go a little too hard so uh yeah it's it's interesting captain america points out that they are they're like advanced soldiers in a way but they're also just machines yeah so. uh meanwhile the person who was trying to take kingpin um is in a pretty good fight with one of kingpin's bodyguards and we see if i'm not mistaken crossbones Yep. Uh, going with like a big rocket launcher and um, saying that she's going to be dead and he shoots the rocket launcher in. Uh, her name is Hera, I guess. She's okay, but she loses the asset in the process, so Kingpin gets away. Uh, meanwhile, um, Steve is still trying to fight his way out and all the girls are trying to make their way to Steve and uh, he gets hit by the guy with the pumpkin head. Uh, Jack O'Lantern. Jack O'Lantern. And Steve gets knocked out next to like a bunch of uh, submarines. Yeah. And um, he find he eventually gets woken up by the Invisible Woman and Misty Knight, I believe. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, and uh, he he says he, that he hopes there's a good explanation for this, and uh, they're like, "Oh yeah, you wouldn't believe." And that's where the that's issue ends. Off. Yeah. They yeah they leave. So Steve should be out of prison. All right. 
Um, and the next cover looks pretty amazing. Um, and, 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 and uh, yeah, and a little, um, like recap of what happened in the next issue is Captain America is a fugitive. So Captain America must disappear, but that doesn't mean Steve Rogers has to give up the fight to prove his innocence and bring the true murderer to justice. It's time for Cap to bring, to try something new. Hmm. So new yeah. suit, probably not. <laughs> Maybe like how, like a whole nomad thing. Oh, yeah, good idea. I can't be Captain America, so I have to be something else. Gets the beard. Yeah. I'd be okay with that. So. Yeah, i give it like a seven. This was just like an issue to get out of prison in a way, but seeing the uh, Daughters of Liberty, which is the female team, I thought that was Yeah. Cool. I like uh, Invisible Woman is on a team outside the Fantastic Four. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I'm like seven as well. Uh, nothing too special on this issue, but the Daughters of Liberty were good, and um, it's nice for like, like this was an all female all female team, but it didn't feel like it was being like forced at you. Like a lot of people complain that they don't like that in modern comics, and sometimes I can see, sometimes they exaggerate. Oh, like a force. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but this one felt very natural. Like it didn't feel like, you know, you know what I mean. Like this yeah. felt right. So I liked it. It worked. Yeah. That's uh, Captain America number 11. And uh, just quickly, I'll go over Daredevil number 7, which yep. was uh, my pick of the week. I thought it was really good. Um, so if you haven't been following the series, Captain, Amer- oh, Captain America, Daredevil, <laughs> Daredevil accidentally killed a man. And uh, he tried to deny it, but eventually he realized, yes, I did it. I I tried. I didn't mean it, but I did it. It happened, so I have to live with it. And uh Spider-Man shot him down and said, you're done. You're, you got to stop being Daredevil. So now he's just living life as Matt Murdock, and he's going back to being a lawyer, So, which is really cool. Uh, meanwhile, Kingpin is different ever since Daredevil's been gone. Uh, there's been news of a new Daredevil popping up, and they think that it might be the old Daredevil, but Kingpin knows it's not. He doesn't get that feeling anymore. So he calls a meeting inside the vault of a bank with every uh, crime boss in... Uh, hell's kitchen and he tells them that he's done he's ready to be done with crime and they're like what do you mean you're done with crime like everything's been great since you've been mayor we've been living our best life we've been having no problems and he's like i'm i'm over it like ever since daredevil's gone i just don't feel it anymore so i'm ready to give up that life and just be the mayor and he's like tells them i want i expect you guys to control to behave yourselves and control crime and keep it at a certain uh keep it at a certain rate that works for me so yeah, he's leaving crime, and uh, he even tells his uh, like right hand man Wesley, because uh, Wesley's like, yeah, you should uh, slowly remove your assets from the underworld, and he's like, no, I want them all gone now. I don't care how much I lose, like get them out of there now. So Kingpin is done with crime. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Matt, Matt, Matt Murdock decides that since um, he is done being daredevil he could really go into his work as a lawyer so he goes back to being a lawyer and uh his first person that he's working with um is in trouble for selling drugs and uh matt's is trying to talk it over with him and um this guy talks about how uh everything's been bad because he wasn't even trying to commit this many crimes but his brother died recently and that's why he's had to start selling harder drugs and selling more drugs and that's how he ended up getting caught and um, when he talks about how his brother died, he says that his brother was pulling a small-time robbery with a buddy, but he got killed by Daredevil. So we find out that Daredevil was uh, he Dare, the one his brother was killed by Daredevil, and now he's being represented by Matt Murdock. So um, and Matt takes this news like shockingly. He uh, grabs his chest and like unhooks his tie and falls into the other room. And it's they like the way they do the heart rate is really good. It's like boom, 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 and it gets like slowly bigger and bigger, bigger font and daredevil pretty much like passes out and he's like i mean he can't take it he's felt so much guilt and this is like to the next level uh he goes to the church to go talk to the father but the father's not there so he ends up talking to a nun and um the nun talks about like he talks uh, matt talks about how he's done so many bad things he's done so many sins and he's done sins before but it feels different this time and the nun tells him that he's not special and he's like what and she goes, you're not special. Your self-loathing doesn't make you an exception to God's love. God will forgive you wherever you go, but you have to have the strength to forgive yourself. So it's all about uh, him forgiving himself. And they actually do a um, a Bible reference of somebody who was blinded for four days. And uh, he, Matt was saying that sometimes he feels like he's blinded and won't be able to see the vision, which is, of course, a blind pun. <laughs> <laughs> um 
And then um, the new daredevil. So um, these two people are walking down the street and they get beat up by these other two people that are hanging around on the street. And the new daredevil, ju- new daredevil jumps in. It's like a black girl. And she's not really that good. Like she ends up getting beat herself and she's laying there with him. And uh, it ends with uh, somebody calling in an attempted robbery on 43rd, uh, on like a certain street. And then, uh, thank you. And then another person calling in and it's all Matt Murdock calling in. And he's reporting all the assaults because he hears everything. So, and the last page they do is like really well done where it's like um, the city and it's Matt Murdock's apartment. It's like a bunch of circles around him. Like he's hearing everything and it's all these little um different words being yelled like get away from me no i won't take it from you honk honk so it's he hears every last crime going around and he's going to report it to the police like that kind of like a rear window type of thing so yeah daredevil that's where that issue ended it's a long issue <laughs> yeah I, I was trying to recap it a little quicker but there's a lot a lot to cover yeah it's a good issue though sounds i gotta get on this series yeah, it's it's really awesome. I'm I'm really digging it. Um, Daredevil killing a man. At first, I thought it was going to be like really stupid, but it's actually been really nice. And I'm curious how his redemption will go because he really does feel guilty about this. And it's not just like like he even mentioned some of his past sins have never felt like this. Like this feels like something different. I mean, he actually took a life. So interesting. Yeah, really I highly recommend the series. I give this issue a nine out of ten. And uh, yeah, loved right. it. Cool. So. Uh, that's all our comics. Yes, that is the end of the comics, but that is not the end of the episode because we will quickly do a character of the week. Um, character of the week is when we talk about a certain character, which this week will be Thomas Wayne, aka the Flashpoint Batman, aka Batman's father. And uh, we usually talk about how we were introduced to the character, um, maybe like our favorite version of the character, if it's like a big character, where we see the character going, and all that stuff. Now, obviously, for a character like this, there's not as much to cover because uh, you know. It's Batman's dead father, but uh, <laughs> so um, how we were introduced to him, um, I guess through Flashpoint would be for me. Um, really? I, mean, I had heard of Thomas Wayne before, but like, oh, actually you're reading, like actually reading, like I, I, I mean, obviously I know Thomas Wayne, but I'm saying actually reading a comic that he's in, really? I guess would be Flashpoint. Like even with flashbacks and all that. I, I think so. I mean, I don't know. I've read a lot of Batman comics before I read Flashpoint, but okay, <laughs> I can't really think of one that he actually like appeared in. Like I've always known of him, but never like seen him. Okay, yeah, fair so, enough. Um, and uh, things I like about him. Well, in Flashpoint, he's really cool. I really like him in the Flashpoint, uh, fi- uh you know, main series. And I've heard, I've never read it, but I've heard uh, there's a three issue Flashpoint Batman like specific. And it's written by Scott Snyder. I've heard it's excellent. I've never read it, but I really want to check it out. And I'm, you know, I'm a pretty big Snyder fan, so it's something that I should check out. Uh, I think it's Scott Snyder at least. But anyway, um, so I want to check check out more about him and uh, where I see him going. Uh, I see him dying by Bane's hands. <laughs> yeah, you already said that. Um, introduce uh, Thomas Wayne. I guess yeah, through Batman. Batman, like 1980, whatever Batman. It's probably the first Batman movie. 1989, the Michael Keaton Batman film. Yeah, I mean, he gets shot in that, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so maybe that's when I was introduced to Batman or the animated series. I can't remember what I saw first. Um, besides that, uh, I like Thomas Wayne as a character. I kind of like how he's coming back. A lot of people are just like, oh, no, you can't destroy the classic Batman story. Okay, look, this is a different universe. This is Flashpoint Batman. It's A-OK. I think, I hope he lives. I hope he becomes like a big part. I mean, at the end of the button, which is a 2016 story written by mm-hmm. Tom King and Joshua Williamson, um, they first go to the Flashpoint universe then. And that's when Batman meets his father, Flashpoint Batman. And he wants his father to come back to Gotham and like live with him and all that. But Flashpoint Batman says no. I kind of hope that happens, though. It'd be kind of cool to... What if Flashpoint Batman retires as Batman and only puts on the cowl when danger comes? May, like me super like Yeah, I, I kind of like that idea. Maybe he'd be, have his own team with Jor-El on the team. Ooh, that'd be cool. <laughs> uh, I could still see him dying, though. Yeah. <laughs> but DC wouldn't do that. I could see him dying instead. So, yeah. I like Thomas Wayne Batman. I think it's cool. It's like a darker Batman. A Batman that kills. A Batman who still 
who's kind of evil in a way, but is still good. It's cool. It's like, what if Red Hood took on the cowl, but also cared about his family? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's awesome that he's like, what if Batman was pushed that way after his parents or after his loved ones died? And obviously, like, it makes you wonder if Bruce was an adult when his parents died, would he have turned to a life like that? Like, obviously, as a kid, he's not going to be going off as a vigilante and shooting a gun. But, you know, Mm -hmm. if he was an adult, would he have went that path? It's, It's definitely interesting. Yeah, for sure. So... Yeah, I think Flashpoint Batman's a really cool creation. I really want to check out his three-issue series, and I hopefully will soon. And, uh, yeah. That's um, it for the episode. Yeah, that's it for the episode. But before the episode ends, um, just want to give a little sneak peek to the viewers, to the listeners, oh, yeah. uh, about what is coming next. Um, something big is coming. Uh, I don't even know how to tease this properly where you get excited, but just know that... Um, Within the next few episodes of Hero Story, I don't know when exactly it'll be. We're still working out the logistics of it all, but something big is coming. Someone big is coming. So get excited, get your hype up, and uh, yeah, I'll yeah, leave it at that. Yeah, I guess I have nothing else sad. It's just a teaser, but it's happening. We're... Yeah, I mean, I let you guys know that I'm always working on trying to get something. I'm always reaching out, and sometimes when I put my hook in there for long enough, I come up with a fish. So. Weird analogy, but let's go with it. (laughs) (laughs) If you like um, Legacy, you might like it, maybe. Yeah, I like it. I like it. So, uh, yeah. Um, That being said, yeah, we're done. (laughs) Yeah, if you're listening on iTunes, we appreciate a five-star review. It does help with the rankings. If you're listening on SoundCloud, I don't know, give us a like, maybe a comment or something. Um, If you're listening on Spotify, follow. If you're listening on Google Podcasts, I don't really know what you would do on Google Podcasts. I don't know how Google Podcasts, but... Do something. Um, (laughs) For a hero story, I'm JD. And I'm Hunter. And thanks for being a hero. And remember, every second is a gift. Goodbye.